Hey everybody, just a quick announcement. We are now part of the Educated Mess Network, a network dedicated to educating about very specific topics. There you can check out our buddies Ryan, Josh, and Greg on their podcast Rumor Flies, where they do sort of a Mythbusters type thing and deep dive into common misconceptions to see if they are truth or lie. And then you can also check out Jack of All Trades and the wonderful podcast, Everything But Murder. So please head over to the Educated Mess Network. The link will be in the episode description, and you can check us out on our new network. Thank you. Hey guys, as always, the Psy Character Podcasts are not experts. These are just our own personal opinions and experiences. Now on to the show. Side characters podcast where we talk about diversity and nerd culture. I am Jordan. I'm Leah. So how's it going, Leo? I'm I'm good. Yeah, it's been a it's been a weekend of media. That's what it's been this weekend. It's been a weekend of media and chaos. So life, yeah, a little bit. Life and other chaos abounds. But I feel like I I feel like I'm doing okay. Better than I usually do. Um, so, speaking of it being a week of media, we kind of wanted to talk about some of the stuff that's been coming out recently and some of the stuff that came out this weekend that was kind of important to us and just kind of go over what we think and all of that stuff with it. But yeah, so this is going to be a tiny break between episodes and then we'll just get into it. So, yeah, you got anything to say before we get into it? Well, needless to say, not much work was done this Friday. Let's let's <laughs> just say that. But yes, let's go. Let's go. So, so yeah, what was I guess you're going to kind of front load and lead into it, but like what what is the media that like came out recently or this weekend that you wanted to talk about? Well, you know, I think we might have mentioned before on the podcast that uh, there's a lot of media that was coming out in like this, the last quarter of this year. And so now we're going to talk about some of it because, you know, that. And so one is one we didn't get to talk about previously, but I wanted to still talk about, which is Shang-Chi, which I ended up seeing in theaters and the Ten Rings. And then the other one is Wheel of Time, which came out on Friday. Yep. The same time as the last one, which was Cowboy Bebop, which we've I don't know if I've talked too much about it on this show, but we've been talking about it on Weebelong quite a bit because Netflix has been like bits and pieces showing like trailers and showing like um, the intro and showing clips from it for the last few months to get like fans hype. So we're going to talk a little bit about that at the end, just because I've got a lot of mixed feelings, strong feelings, but they're all mixed. Yeah. And the fact is, like, if anybody who doesn't know, well, actually, should I say that now? Or the, we'll say it now. Um, that Jordan and I, it's a, it's got a place in it, like, for us. Like, we've, we've, that show, and I think, oh, like, Samurai Champloo, too, which is done by the same director, was one of the first things, other than FMA, that, like, we bonded over. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I have a Cowboy Bebop tattoo, so that just goes to show you how important it is to me. I I still have a love to this day of New Jobbies and the soundtrack of uh, Cowboy Bebop and listen to it regularly when studying. So. New Jobbies didn't do Cowboy Bebop soundtrack. He did, he did Samurai Champloo by the same director. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, anyways. I, I said both soundtracks! Okay, Leah. 
Anyways, Wheel of Time or Sangji. Okay. Um, so yeah, uh, when Shang-Chi and the Ten Rings came out, I went and saw it with my friend and I went and saw it point, like, so as many people know, and I've discussed frequently, I have the bit of the superhero fatigue. So I haven't actually seen a superhero movie in theaters, like a Marvel one in many a years. I don't even remember what was the last one I saw. Probably Wonder Woman, maybe. I don't know. Um, Wonder Woman's not Marvel. <laughs> yeah, but it was like the last superhero movie I've. I don't watch a lot of superhero movies in theaters. I watched a couple. I'm trying on to remember what the last one we talked about. I think your Wonder Woman. I think you watched well Black, Black Panther, Panther came out after Wonder Woman. So yeah, you watched that. Okay, was I watched anything, that one. Was there anything else though? Because I did, I don't think you watched the final Avengers movies. No, did I watch, didn't watch those. Um, Captain Marvel. No. Okay, so yeah, Black Panther would have been the last Marvel movie. Yeah, watched. yeah, and I watched, <laughs> I watched Roanoke and Rag, sorry, Ragnarok. Jesus Christ, Ragnarok, and I was uh, wondering what that word you just said just was. It was like, Roanoke. Kill me. Like, what? I don't know why. Sometimes I get those words mixed up. Um, Ragnarok and Doctor Strange over lockdown on Disney Plus, but I hadn't seen a superhero movie in a long time. But I went to this one specifically for the same reason I went to go see Wonder Woman, which was. The whole thing where the Marvel exec said that this was a test. And so I went to go stick it to Marvel executives. And so I was like, I'm going to go see this. I don't usually watch superhero movies, but I'm going to go see this, whatever. And was pleasantly surprised. Because if you, yeah, basically it's set after the Avengers movie. And uh, I don't know how I should, like, if I should give it a summary of plot. Probably. I don't know. Yeah, but, give it a plot. Summary, all right. Like. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, okay. Um, so, basically, uh, this guy, Shang-Chi, is uh, in San Francisco, a kind of a wash, like, doesn't really have a great job as a car parker with his friend. Um, and then gets, like, attacked on the bus for his, like, necklace, and then Check. basically reveals to his friend that he is the son of this, like, crime lord. Uh, and then a whole thing happens with the sister. And they're like, oh my god, it's going after. They're going after this thing. And it, then it's a whole thing of, like, uh, trying to stop his dad, who's the actual guy who has the ten rings. And then they go to this fantasy, like, uh, like hidden village type place. And there's a big battle at the end, very Marvel style, whatever, whatever. Save the day. Anyways, that's... Um, I, I don't, that's, yeah, that's not bad, is it? No, it's fine. So, so what I was going to say about it is, like, the reason I haven't seen it, so I am kind of like you in the most recent, where I haven't really watched any of the new, well, I haven't watched really any new releases. Like, yeah. I think of the new releases for movies that I've seen was Malignant was, like, the only one. I watched part of Godzilla vs. Kong, but I haven't seen, like, any new releases, any of the superhero movies. While some of them seem interesting, but, like, Black Widow just didn't seem like it was going to be a fun movie for me. And yeah. then this came out and like it, like it looked fine, but then it's like kind of the superhero fatigue where it's like I'm kind of tired of like Marvel's like when they release like a new hero, they do a lot of the same story beats where it's like, oh yeah, this one character gets their powers or has to explore how to use their powers, fights a guy who has the same amount of powers, saves the day at the end, and then it has a cutscene at the end that ties it to the rest of the Avengers movies. Yeah, so I would say 
In some ways, yes, it does have similar beats, but in other ways, when I watched it, it felt way more like the phase one Marvel movies. That's okay. the best way to describe it. Is so um one is that he doesn't like gain powers. He was just trained as a child. And so he already had these, like, whatever. And he didn't have supernatural powers until at the very... Well, I'm going to spoil this. This is going to be an episode of spoilers, people. We'll warn you up front. This is an episode of spoilers. At the end of it, he gets the Ten Rings because he defeats his father. So then he has real power. Before that, he didn't have any power. Oh, so he was just... He was just really... Exactly. He was just fucking good at martial arts. And his sister was also fucking good at martial arts. And also the soundtrack for this was good. I also felt that the like the the like how the plot was set up was not the same like it wasn't a Spider-Man movie, if you know you know what I'm talking about, with like that that's the traditional like setup of the of the origin story, like a Spider-Man origin story was what a lot of the Marvel movies had been, right? Is yeah. like a and this didn't feel like that. Okay. Because it's very much a, like, yeah, I've kind of kept a bit, bunch of this stuff hidden, so I'm, like, it's more about, like, holy crap, I need to rediscover my past and go through this. It kind of felt a lot more, like, Into the Spider-Verse in some respects. Okay. For some of those, like, connection things. But yeah, it felt really fresh. Walking out of there, I felt really happy. As well, because it didn't connect to any of the Avenger movies at all. <laughs> there was no... Uh, there was very little, the only time there was a reference was, um, Wong from Doctor Strange was in a scene, and then the after credits scene, Wong came back. Uh, so, yeah, there wasn't any other, like, it didn't, it, the storyline didn't impact anything with the Avengers, the whole thing with, like, saving the world from this otherworldly demon that's trying to get out. That didn't wasn't in on Earth, so no one else knew about it. So it was like in an alternate plane. So that means it was like it didn't suffer from many of the problems of other Marvel movies nowadays. Is that you're like, why didn't the Avengers handle this? Because they wouldn't have known. So I do have a question. So it wasn't on Earth and all of that, but do you think it still had agency as like an important story? Yes, okay. I think that. I think, yeah, because basically they are on this, like, in this hidden village that's, like, on another plane that's still connected to Earth. So okay. they, this, this village that his mother's from is guarding against the, this entity from coming out and the dad's trying to break into this village. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That, that makes sense. So it still so, had implications. Yeah, no, that, that, that makes sense. It, so, because another thing that, like kind of took me out of the marvel movies is that all of them have to be like oh we're saving the entire world it couldn't be like a smaller like thing because a lot of the comics like not every single comic they're saving the entire world there's like smaller conflicts or small issues and it feels like a little bit more on a personal level so a lot of stuff that lost me with marvel is that every single time they were saving the entire world and sometimes the entire galaxy did it still feel personal or did it like kind of have that same thing it was like up oh, here we go saving the world again or, like well there feel 
so there was there was the stakes like there was the stakes of like oh yeah this big bad ghost or smoke monster thing will come out and destroy things if it comes out but it also definitely felt personal because the entire place like the location that they were him going back to this village is about his mother and like about like taking control of his past because he's been running away from it for so long and and like meeting his grandmother and other aspects of that where it was like incredibly important and and like coming to terms with his father in some ways before his father passed away and like so while it was like yeah this thing will get out and it will be really bad for everyone that wasn't the main drive you're kind of like more pushed by the fact that you're like you need to stop the father and it's like this this personal struggle as well okay. I, which i kind of liked that it it did feel more personal on that front okay cuz cuz all they did is reseal that thing behind the doorway it's still there it still could get out it's just that it's resealed I think okay. that's how it went. Yeah. So the other question, so like the big thing about this movie, and like one of the reasons that the exec said it was a test or whatever, that it was a pro- predominantly um, Asian cast. If I'm gonna yeah. be sure, I think predominantly Chinese cast, even. Yeah. Yeah. So Chinese, so... Chinese American, but so so. Um, I guess. How did they deal with that? With, with the diversity, with the make, did it feel forced? Did it feel like like like? Because I know there have been complaints when they do movies where it's just like, oh yeah, we're just kind of forcing the hand. Did it feel forced? Did it feel natural? How how was that part of it? It did. It did feel natural in many ways because like, and I can't speak to the actual Chinese part of it because I don't speak Chinese. And there was people who saying that the people's Chinese wasn't great in some places, but it's. I, I, I can't control for that. It did make, like, it did feel real, particularly because, like, situated in San Francisco, there were times where people were talking in just Chinese, and, like, well, when they went to the village, they started talking in English. There was still points where it was in Chinese as well, so it felt slightly more natural. Um... I think that they did a pretty good job, especially with maintaining some of the more traditional aspects and like a large fight, a large, like the second location after San Francisco was, oh, I think it's Macau. Yeah. I can't remember. I can't remember if it was Macau or Hong Kong. Yeah. So yeah, the second location was Macau and it was like a very epic set and made Macau look fantastic. And then like drawing on some of the more traditional elements of the Chinese like folklore for the setting was pretty good. So it had like many mythical beasts in this on in this land and it was yeah, and some of the it had like some of the battle scenes like were more had that uh wuxia element to it you know the that's the flying fighting that flying fighting style that they do with yeah crouching tiger hidden dragon yeah i was about to say crouching tiger yeah 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 Yeah, so that's that's the wuxia's uh fighting style was present in parts of it too which was pretty cool so i thought it was i like for me i was happy because like there was a lot of there was so much diversity i didn't like I've connected with the characters. The characters felt very like, like great, well fleshed out characters. It was fresh for a Marvel movie. The soundtrack was like killer because I also really like the artists who produced the soundtrack. Um, yeah, 
so I had a really I, I thought it was worth going to see and okay. supporting it too because they should do more movies like it because they're like yeah it was great yeah no that, that that's cool it, it sounds like it was good like I've only heard like good things about it like Shang-Chi is a character that I have never heard of and you know that I'm like pretty comics literate so yeah that, that that was like so so I was interested that way but again like a lot of the Marvel and then it's just because of like busy and work and moving and all that like I haven't really had much time to sit down and watch a movie and also because of COVID haven't really had the um motivation to go see a movie in theater but like I don't know Shang-Chi looked interesting and like based off of everything you said I, I will probably eventually like actually sit down and watch it it looks cool yeah I, I think it was like fresh enough and had some like different beats to the story that it was that it's that it's worth seeing and it's a good output from Marvel. And yeah. and provides different like depending on how they go with Shang-Chi from here, like where they move with the character next, could be like a huge benefit to the Marvel universe. Cause I think that I think that a large part for me isn't going to be the origin story because that's Marvel can do origin stories very well. It's where they'll take him for the next movie that I think will be the 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 thing for me. Okay, yeah, I and mean, we'll see how they combine it with all the other stuff because you know it's probably not for a while, but there's going to be more Avengers type things happening. So we'll see. And I, I mean, like I said, with the whole Marvel, Marvel Cinematic Universe, I am kind of happy that they are moving towards like the ideal that happened in the comics, which was the all new Avengers. Yeah. It's like much more diverse where they have Captain Marvel and sorry, Miss Marvel and um, Falcon as Captain America. And they have X 23 as a new Wolverine and just a lot of, a lot of diversity in it. and it's seeming like we're tr- kind of getting that now yeah. and so the next round of avengers doesn't look like it's going to be a bunch of like handsome white actor white male actors and scarlett johansson it looks like it's actually going to be like a little bit more of a diverse new thing and, and, and i look forward to that it looks like it's going to be pretty cool handsome non <laughs> non-white male actors yeah, handsome non-white <laughs> male actors and possibly Shuri from Black Panther. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, and if, I mean, Jane, what's her name as the new Thor? And yeah, uh, da, 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 da. Um, yeah. Just some beautiful looking people. Beautiful non-white. Can we get an ugly um, superhero? <laughs> God, like someone who's objectively where everybody is like, ugh. <laughs> I gotta say, you know what that reminds me of? And I'm just gonna say this, just it's so random. I saw a post the other day that I meant to, say, to share with you, which was someone saying, man, looking at everybody's portraits for their D&D characters, their charisma should be much higher than it actually is. Oh <laughs> it God. just made, it just that kind of made me think of this, is that it's That's like, gonna... this, they all look like they should be batting 100 for, <laughs> for their persuasion. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyways, yeah, so that's that. That was that one, which I felt was good to talk about because we've talked a lot about before Marvel stuff, and this was much better than the representation in many of the other Marvel movies. So yeah, yeah, no, no, that's, that's it's that's cool. So I mean, glad it was good. Like again, there's it's always hit and miss, or it's gonna be like regardless, Marvel 
films are designed to be fun to watch in theaters but like it's good when the movie's actually good like i i watched age of ultron in theaters and i enjoyed it in theaters but then upon watching it the second time i was like oh no um and like that's happened with a few movies where it's like it's really good in theaters and then overall it's just like eh. but i'm glad it, like it was an actually good movie for you also as well there is the fact is that they didn't do at least that i can remember i feel like i would remember the unnecessary white guy like you know they do that quite frequently where it'll be like, look, it's a diverse movie. And then they're like, here's the here's the white comic <laughs> relief character or something like that. They'll have look, a white a diverse, guy in it. Diverse movie. Here, here's one for you guys. <laughs> here's a white guy just to make you happy. And well, I, I mean, feel one like, of the villains was a white dude, right? Um, hold on. Razor Fist, I think, was his name. The dude in the bus is white. Oh. Oh, yeah. He's white. Yeah. I barely remember him, though. Well, yeah, because he happens at the beginning from what I'm reading. Yeah. Oh, God, which was also the moment, too, where there was the most terrifying scene ever. Terrifying thing ever for any academic ever to see a girl typing her essay on the bus and he uses her laptop to stop a blow and he breaks her laptop in half. That's that that, that right there is a a villain origin story right there. It's so traumatizing because clearly this girl is writing her essay on the bus and needs it and it's just like clearly hasn't backed up her work oh god yeah. I, I i just do like the idea of that that's the villain origin story it's the next shang chi movie she's gonna have like it's like like some some like major plot she's gonna be the one who like calls the villain to him or whatever yeah yeah that'd be, wow. i mean if, if if marvel was smart enough to do something like that that'd be great <laughs> but they're probably not they also have some anti-hero shit going on with his sister as well so interesting yeah, which I'm excited to see what they'll do with her. But, no. yeah. Yeah. Well, interesting. Oh, yeah. The Razor Fist dude was the guy who played Victor Drago in um, Creed 2. Interesting. You know, I, don't, Creed, I don't know what Creed that's... Creed 2. That, yeah, he's, it's the um, boxing movie. Instead of it being Rocky, oh. it's Creed, uh, Michael B. Jordan. And Victor Drago is oh. Ivan Drago's son who killed um, Apollo Creed in the Rocky movies. And so it was like a grudge match. It's a really good movie. You should actually watch it. It's really good. Oh, I... Look, yeah, yeah. the, the, okay. the two Creed movies that came out are actually, like, absolutely stellar movies. Oh, okay. Well, I, I haven't... I think I watched the first Rocky and that's it. So that's probably why they weren't on my radar. You, don't, you literally don't even have to watch Rocky to enjoy these movies. They're good movies. Anyways. Okay. So Anyways. Of, I know you're literally not going to listen to what I just said, but Wheel of Time. <laughs> hey, I will. I, I filed those things away. Wheel of Time. <laughs> Wheel of Time. Yeah. So the other thing we're going to talk about is the other big fantasy thing in the room. Wheel of Time came out on Friday. Very exciting. Can, can I really no way quick I... talk about how I ended up watching it? Because I, th- I think it's kind of a funny story. Sure. Yeah. So 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 we, we were yesterday. We had planned a long time yes. ago that when Cowboy Bebop came out, we were going to watch it together. And yep. like starting before we even started, I was like, well, if it's bad, we can watch something else. And since our planned episode was going to be the Wizard of Earthsea episode where we were going to talk about the Ursula K. Le Guin um, book, like I had suggested, like just since we had talked about like the TV series for Earthsea being like whitewashed, like we, we could watch that. And Leah's like, well, maybe after we like try to give that a chance, we could watch a good fantasy show. So we put on the <laughs> mini series for Wizard of Earthsea. We got maybe seven minutes into it, maybe. Yeah, it was real bad. Maybe. 
maybe we'll be seven talking minutes more about that. And we immediately was like, okay, so what we'll watch Wheel of Time? Yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, we can. Uh, I'll talk a little bit about the Earthsea thing at the very end, just just very briefly because like. Well, that's gonna come up in the episode. So well, yeah, I mean, but actually, I'll talk about it now, really quick. Is like within seven minutes, it was so far off the book that like neither of us recognized what was happening. Yeah, and there was a naked person, and we were like, "What?" It's like, oh, so, what? like, like it, it was just so far. Like when you start this this book, well, sorry, this show with him like making out with a girl, like them having like some weird like fling in the forest, and it's like. None of this even remotely happened in the book. And didn't it start out with him being like 10 or 11? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you will get into this more when we get to that episode, everybody. That's a little taster for you. Yeah. No, it was bad. It's bad. Anyways, Wheel of Time. So, yeah. in case you don't know what Wheel of Time is, let me give you the rundown. Wheel of Time is Amazon's next ploy for the next Game of Thrones. Um, the Wheel of Time series is a set of. High Fantasy Novels by Robert Jordan. Um, and for the last couple of novels, Brian Sanderson, because Robert Jordan died before he finished the series. It's uh, 14 volumes long, plus a prequel and two companion books. It was published from 1984. Uh, and, and I think it finished in 2013. <laughs> Jeez Louise. Yeah. And my dad went through the entire thing of waiting. He started reading in the 80s. So, yeah, it's a series. It's an epic book series of, like, huge proportions. Um, And I was never not going to watch it because one of my good friends, who we know, uh, loves it to death. And was very excited for it. And I, let me just say, have read the first, like, four books, I think, when I was younger. And then I stopped because I just got, I you know, it's overwhelmingly long and I'm not a huge high fantasy person and uh, listening to things my dad had, because my dad was listening to like the audiobooks in the car and hearing things and him explaining bits and pieces. I was like, yeah. oh, I don't really think I'm going to like the end of this. So I stopped reading. But that's the, that's my lowdown for what I, I've done. Of I time. do like you mentioned the audiobooks. And like on the Wikipedia page that I'm looking at, they do say the um, length of time for each audiobook. They range anywhere from thirty to forty hours long. Yeah, that's Holy that's sh- normal. Sh- that's normal for long audiobooks. For uh, yeah. the Harry Potter ones are similar. Um, yeah, so it's like it's like Harry Potter in length, like the longer the second half of Harry Potter in length. Oh, I was just uh, saying, it's like I feel like the first few Harry Potter, it's like up until no, Goblet, were like all. I actually, I don't even think Goblet was that like was forty. Goblet hours. was Goblet was quite long, um, but I don't remember how long. But anyways, so we've been waiting for this to come out for a long time, and was waiting with bated breath as to whether it would actually be good or not. And some of the trailers made it quite nerve wracking because. They have these trollics in there that looked real fucking bad, which are these, like, monstrosities. Clear that they didn't add in some of the CGI until the last minute because they looked real bad in the previews I saw. Looked better in the show this time. But, yeah, basically set up for Wheel of Time. Um, Giving you a quick little summary without spoiling too much is that... 
It's set in a world where, <laughs> Why? Like, We're going to spoil it in like two minutes anyways. <laughs> we are well, literally going to spoil that first episode in like well, two minutes. <laughs> yeah, but I'm not going to spoil the entirety of the uh, okay, plot because okay. I know more of the plot than everybody else does. <laughs> I, I, I um, thought you meant no spoilers at all. It's like, brah. <laughs> uh, oh, well, actually, I might give some spoilers. But basically, uh, it's set in a world where like history repeats itself. And there was a long, long time ago, there was a man known as the dragon who tried to break the world and then uh the dragon has been reborn and the dark one is going to try and use the dragon reborn to break the world again and end the world basically and so whole start of this thing is that these people everyone is looking for this dragon reborn to uh to find them and either use them for dark or for light and Whatever. So it basically gets narrowed down to this woman who's known as from the Aes Sedai, which are basically like magic users, uh, goes looking for this and narrows it down to these four in the TV show, three in the books, um, four in the TV show people, and is like, it's one of you four, and they don't know which yet, and uh, yeah, <laughs> and so then they're being chased because the Dark One's coming after them, blah, blah, blah. Start of an epic, epic quest. Anyways, there. That's that's the basic. That's the basic gist of that. Re- re- um, really quick, just interrupting. Harry Potter. The longest one was twenty-one hours. Well, <laughs> that's what I'm just saying. Like those books are long. Forty hours for an well, audiobook I is have, long. <laughs> I have other audiobooks that are that long. Okay, but anyways, yes, yeah. I just say so. <laughs> yeah, so. That's the basic setup of this super long, potentially, adventure. Only the first three episodes are out so far, but so far I really like it. It is pretty good. Um, I like the pacing of it. Um, I think the characters currently are slightly bland, but that's because they are slightly bland at the beginning because for plot reasons. Um... But, yeah, I, I like it so far. I like the pacing. Um, mainly, it's the first three episodes of them running away, being chased by these monsters, Trollocs. And I, I so far, I'm uh, liking it a lot. There's, like, one of the characters has a good feisty side to her, which is good. Close to the books. Follows the book pretty well. Um, uh, also, the other part of it that's really awesome is that it's a pretty diverse show. There's yeah. a pretty diverse, like, the main characters have not, aren't just white. They're not just characterized as white. Um, they've changed a couple of the characters because Robert Jordan is pretty specific in how he describes people's race in these books. They've changed a couple of them, but they, they still, like, I think actually, like, Lan has changed to be, um, uh, he's of Asian descent. And he looks still like depictions in the books, which is That's still good. good. Yeah, so, yeah, and I I really like it. It is funny, though, because before this, I read a review, (laughs) and it didn't like it. But it's also very clear that the author hasn't read the book. (laughs) (laughs) Because one of the things that they were most angry about is they're like, yeah, I I hate how, like, Ran and Egwene, two of the main characters, romance feels like it's just an add-on, and it's just, like, meant there. And I'm like, and I want to be like... 
Um, yes, sir, that's how you set up a romance that's eventually meant to break up because it's not actually the main romance of the book. <laughs> that's how you do that so that the character, so pe- viewers don't get invested. Spoiler alert! They don't end up together. That's the whole thing is that there's, they, that's, that they're both destined for other things. So, yeah. It was just funny that it's like the things that they were pissed about are things that are plot related. <laughs> yeah. It, I mean, yeah. so as we'll talk about on the Earthsea episode and probably many, many more times in the future, it's like I'm not the biggest fan of high fantasy or fantasy really that much. Like, I like magic. I like, we're, we're like, if we're going to go to anything, I think urban fantasy is probably closer to what I like when it comes to fantasy. But like, I, I when it comes to like this type of fantasy stuff, I was like, I'm not the biggest fan watching Leo Time. Like, it, Leo was excited to show it to me. Like it was, it's well done. It looks good. It looks cool, but it's just not my thing. So like, I wasn't as into it. But I will say it, it did look pretty cool. There was like intrigue in there, but yeah, it just doesn't really do it for me. Yeah, I also think that I think you would like the second and third episode more because a lot of the first episode was just introducing the characters, which there are a good like it's a game of thrones level fantasy there are a lot of characters and the fact was is that i think that the amazon how amazon's done it is really good because world game of thrones is a high like as high fantasy as things come there's a huge amount of like exposition that they could have added and like details in that same way that like dune you know had a huge amount of world building that they had to cut from it right and yeah. I don't think that it was that, like, I thought that it was, like, having, haven't read the books in so many years, like, definitely over 10 years. Um, I thought it was, like, they set up and explained things pretty well. And with that Amazon x-ray, you know, that they have on the side when you, like, pause it and they'll show you little, like, detail things, they add in some additional little, like like tool tips in video games where they explain a little further into things and it like it's really good it's really helpful to know but also not necessary to watch the show like they'll explain a little bit more about Aes Sedai and the relationship between warders and those Aes Sedai and like stuff that you would ask about that's probably not going to be in the show but also giving that lore which was nice yeah no I I, I think it's good and like again so I, I think I said this to you yesterday where it's just like it's it's doing a good job for diversity and then when we talk about cowboy bebop cowboy bebop also has a lot of diversity into it and so we're starting to see like a lot better diversity on some of these bigger projects that people are like really excited for and like we the thing that kept us well the thing that even brought us to like looking at the earth sea series is that it was it very whitewashed there's like no diversity at all except for one black guy um which is funny for a story that's all people of color but um so but the thing that like you see when you look at wheel of time is there's a ton of diversity like up front and very blatant yeah. and very plain to see like yeah and everything diversity can be better but it, but it is for the especially bigger projects and new projects that people are like waiting for and excited for and like showings of like books and stuff that people find beloved and then they're putting in this diversity so it's accessible for all people i think they're doing a very good job with it and we're starting to see more and that that makes me very 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 happy 
So the next one I'm very intrigued for for fantasy wise is the Second Age, Lord of the Rings one yeah. that they're doing. That one I'm intrigued to see what's happening because it's Tolkien. You know he doesn't. Racial diversity is not a thing as much in his thing, if I remember correctly. So I'm intrigued to see what they'll do in this day and age. Yeah. With that. But we'll see. Yeah, yeah. Anyways. There's, I don't know. I feel like, and I'm, we can just like pass over this real quick. But I do feel like a lot of like the Tolkien stuff kind of set up for a lot of the issues in diversity and fantasy that we see. Yeah with like yeah, yeah so like i know we've had arguments where people get mad at like oh there's black elves and things like that so I, I think it did set up for a lot of issues i'm not saying that that was planned or that's his fault i'm just saying it did set up for a lot of issues with diversity and fantasy but seeing it see seeing fantasies fantasies seeing fantasy shows like um put in some more diversity like we saw a little bit with the witcher too and i know that yeah. well sorry the witcher also um <laughs> because there is a witcher too the witcher also um like we we saw black elves we saw like lots of different diversity some of it wasn't the greatest stuff um but we saw a lot of diversity in the witcher and i know there was a lot of people who was like ah you don't see black elves and ah why is there this and this is a polish fantasy but like we're, we're getting. I think we're getting better with fantasy because, at least, again, I'm not the biggest fantasy person, so I don't know. But at least from what I've seen, fantasy is very white. Well, all yeah. media is very white, but fantasy is one of those. <laughs> it is funny to me though that currently, fantasy shows are doing a better job of highlighting diversity than sci-fi shows currently. So that's intriguing to me because I. Like you would think it would be the opposite, yeah. but currently it's fantasy shows that are appealing to people, and that's what's yeah, yeah. Fan- p- people are diving. I think Game of Thrones did a big thing for the fantasy genre in general. It's like creating, like creating this big fantasy show that like fresh. I keep when I say fantasy <laughs> show, I keep putting an S on fantasy, 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 fantasy show. Fantasy. I think because there's an S H in um show, so I think I'm just Shows. putting it in both fantasy show but um but yeah game of thrones did a big thing for fantasy shows because like it created this like huge thing that like everybody was talking about it was this huge expansive fantasy so like i guess to the corporate execs showed that fantasy wasn't just like it was this weird niche thing that only nerds and kids like it it could be a bigger thing that draws in a lot more people a lot Which, more money of course it's always a money grab when it comes to execs but like I, I i think game of thrones is kind of like the leader for that which is funny because it's the same generation that liked game of thrones that also was part of the harry potter craze which is also fantasy mm-hmm. so the two big crazes yeah. of our generation have been fantasy like fantasy that we know fantasy sells yeah so. yeah, yeah. And I mean, we're going to see a lot more of it. Some of it's going to fall short, of course. That's just how all shows work. But I think we're going to be seeing a lot more of it. And I'll try my best. I will try my best to look at it. Yeah, I'll cover it for you. Yeah. I'll tell you what's good and what's yeah, not. It's like, it's like I said, so I'll, I'll try my best to look at look at fantasy. Um, yeah. So we talked about Let's get the, to the it. two. Do, do you want me to lead into this one? Well, I'm just going to say that, like, for me, Wheel of Time is the check in the yes column. 
let's get to the one that might be a we're still hovering on. It, it, it is a still hovering on, and I'll, I'll get to that part later. But the one that came out, the one that came out for me was Cowboy Bebop live action. And like on my show, We Belong, the anime show, and just in person with Leah, like texting back and forth, we were talking about yeah. Cowboy Bebop and the show coming coming out for a while. Like when they first, like. They first announced it, I think, what, 2019 is when we first started hearing about it, like really hearing that it was actually so. going to be a thing. Because they had announced, yeah. oh yeah, they're going to do a live action Cowboy Bebop for a long time. But like 2019 was when they first started like, oh, hey, here's the cast, here's what we're looking at, this is what it was going to come out. And then, like since then, they like released... So, so, and I think Netflix, because they were kind of worried that this was going to, like, upset fans, they started, like, releasing things. Like, they released, like, stills of all the actors in their costumes first. And then they released what the intro was going to look like, where they actually used the um, same intro from the original anime. And then they just made it more live action-y. And then they released, like, clips of it. They, well, they released this teaser thing, where it was, like, this kind of, like, fun scene that they made up. And they did, like, some cool stylistic things in it. And then they released, like, a, a couple of clips. And finally, the show released. But they did, like, all of this for, like, fan hype up. And, I mean, it worked. It got us very yeah. hyped about it. it they, they, yeah, we were very hyped. We, we were very hyped leading into it. And I was, like, because when they first announced it, I was like, oh, no, this is going to suck. And then there was, like, a lot of different news that came out, like, saying, like, oh, this is definitely going to suck. And then the first, the when they released the intro, I was like, okay. Real cool. They released the um, costumes. Like, okay, the costumes look great. Like, it looks really good. So, I guess yeah. I'll get into like what Cowboy Bebop is. But it's um, Cowboy Bebop live action was the remake of the anime, which was released in 1998. Um, and it was kind of Cowboy Bebop was kind of like one of the big ones for like making anime um, mainstream in America because it was like. And making it more mainstream for adults, too, because rather than, like, the shonen idea and this, like, thing that's targeted at young boys, this was targeted more at adults and had more adult themes and um, pacing and all, of, like, story beats and all of that for adults. Um, Cowboy Bebop itself, like, is a rather diverse anime, not only in, um, like, characters-wise, where, like, you see a bunch of diverse characters. There's a lot of black characters, a lot of Asian characters, a lot of... Um, female characters all of this working in this one show but it's also diverse in the soundtrack which is um pr predominantly jazz and um yeah yeah pr predominantly jazz soundtrack with some hmm? with some funk yeah some yeah funk that's the other one yeah yeah funk and country but yeah it's, it's a very strong soundtrack and it, it, it was like one that kind of knocked it out of the park for me because like up until then I had only really been watching a lot of shonen stuff and it came out and it was just like, oh, this is like a different way anime can be presented. Um, but yeah, it was like one of the first like non-shonen animes like and I just like fell in love with it. I have the soundtrack on vinyl. I have a tattoo to my leg, all this stuff. Well, yeah, I, I as well for, for me, it was like... I know it now as being, like, the big one that you introduce people to anime to. Like, it's the one that everybody recommends first because it's, like, shorter and it's so compact and so well done. It's also got one of the only what is known as reasonable dubs in anime. Like, people who are... Every, everybody I know who watches anime is subs all the way. Subtitles all the way. 
But the dub on the English dub for uh, Cowboy Bebop was one of the first that was done in the U.S. And the person who did it did a fantastic job. And they were all like new intro people. And so like that's what got everybody into it was that and the music and just the style of it drew everyone in. And so like it was replayed on uh, Adult Swim on Cartoon Network over and over and over and over and over again because it was just so good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think even they brought it back to Cartoon Network eventually, like after it was initially aired and all of that. Like, like yeah. I'm not talking like oh, within the same like years later, but um, yeah. so like it's kind of following these um space bounty hunters who are kind of down on their luck most of the time, and they're like going through the different jobs. But at the same time, in the anime, you're getting bits and pieces of the main character Spike Spiegel's past where like he used to be part of this crime syndicate and then he got out because stuff happened between his partner vicious and um his love interest julia and and so then that kind of comes back in but we're dealing with um jet being an ex-cop who um got disgraced because he was betrayed by a partner and all of this and um Faye who's an um cryofrozen amnesiac who's trying to figure out who she really is and you get those story beats kind of working throughout the entire show and then it kind of weaves together for this like pretty melancholic story but it's like a very fun and lively story throughout it also had like a huge impact on other tv shows including like Firefly was yeah. hugely impacted on it. The idea of space cowboys almost entirely came from that show. It was other than like Star Trek, one of the original space cowboys. It and it impacted. It was a space opera, and yeah, yeah. it impacted a lot of different yeah. shows. It's, it's, it's like one of the bigger space westerns out there, and um, it's also a western tragedy, which is like a big thing which not yeah. many because like firefly is not a western tragedy cowboy bebop no, is yeah. and so yeah. so it's it's set apart even amongst the genre of space western which is decently small but like it is it is it is a genre that was kind of like built upon things like cowboy bebop but yeah so let's let's get into the netflix thing um yeah. netflix announced it a while back and it was like a lot of things that netflix announces with live actions and anime where it kind of goes under the radar and people don't think it's gonna happen and then it starts happening and it terrifies a lot of fans of the original um of the original source me media so like with um yeah. death note they're like oh yeah we're gonna make a live action and most people ignored it until they showed that first trailer and then everybody's like oh god this is terrifying <laughs> Yeah. But but I guess, yeah. I guess a lot of with live action remakes of anime it does like frighten fans because a lot of times these live action um animes don't live up to the standard of what was original they'll either change a lot of stuff like like the death note if you put the two ideas side by side the only things that will seem similar are the very basis of the story and then everything else has changed characters the way the characters act um certain story events are changed to be more um i guess the best way of saying it will be more americanized and, and like the american studios take it and turn it into a type of property that then becomes unrecognizable when it comes to the original source material yeah it's like there's the two differences between like what i think is the 
adapting something from a source material while still maintaining things, which just is like, it's hard to do. I mean, the two that I can think of that are actually good at it are Dune and Lord of the Rings. Mm -hmm. The current Doom that came out in Lord of the Rings. And the ones where they try and get those, they try and match those beats, but change it, is what you're saying with most Western remakes. Yeah. Which often leave a, a like, an uncomfortable taste in our mouths. And has there's a lot of them that that happens for where it leaves this just like unsettling experience for people who are fans of it and people who who are new to it as well where it's just they've they've kind of not made a great story and they've ruined it for the people who wanted to see something similar to their favorite things well and then it like is definitely drawing because it brings up that question i hear every time these come out it's like what was wrong with the original why did you change it and i understand that a studio isn't just going to make a copy for copy um story but there's a lot of things that happens in these remakes where it's just like why did this have to be a different thing why did we have to put a spin on it why do we have to update it when the original source and the original story was good enough to begin with i and i i think too that it's like as in the case with this one, is that they draw too many comparisons. They want you to make those yes. comparisons. Netflix wanted us to make those comparisons. They wanted everybody to be like, look, look, we're being faithful to the material. But by doing that, they didn't leave any room for us to, for, like, they went in wanting us to compare it, which thus leads to people being more angry, rather than what I tried to do with this, is that I didn't rewatch most of it before the old one beforehand i went in as fresh as i could and went well there are other issues here yeah. <laughs> like there are issues of it as a show rather than issues of it as like being different because i'm okay with something being a different product and changing the story issue was that it led to other things that were issues. Um, so I kind of want to get to the pros of it first, because I think yeah. when we first started watching it, um, that intro scene that they do in the like um, casino area, I think that was really stellar. It was like this new, fresh yeah. idea using the characters in the style that the characters would have acted in the show. And they, 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 did, they did this, like, really fun intro, and it was really, like, crazy and just weird and just, like, fun to watch. It was it was over the top and just fun to watch. And then they get to the actual body of the show, and that first episode after that intro was just like, eh. But I guess talking pros, for me, I think the um, thing, the biggest part that stands out is that it is graphically amazing like like yeah it's aesthetically pleasing as fuck all, all the spaceships look really really cool all the costuming is really cool the areas and zones that they're in are very interesting to look at they actually show like the space travel that was shown in the anime like almost spot on from how it was shown in the anime with the giant rings that they fly through to get from planet to planet and that that's they did an amazing job um creating um the feel of the anime when it comes to yeah. visuals and 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 sometimes special effects too i think that's a i think for me i know that a lot of people were like oh yeah it doesn't translate well but for me i've i've watched a lot of t show 
movies this year that are over the top. It's not meant to be realistic. Like, I watched Jungle Cruise. I watched Red Notice. Oddly, both those movies have The Rock in it. Don't know why. It's a year of The Rock doing ridiculous movies. Um, and I'm okay with it. I've, I've realized that it's like, oh, yeah, maybe I've gotten tired of the ultra-realistic fight scenes. I'm okay with this being ultra-ridiculous. And I think that worked for this. Is that, like, because they're translating something that's ridiculous, it means, or that won't be realistic, the over-the-top ridiculousness of some of the fight mechanics, I think, works. And for me, that was okay. I it will say some a little bit. This is a, con, a kind of a con. Well, it is a con, but it's like not one of my big things that I really cared about cons. But I think some of the fight scenes feel too stiff, and it feels like it feels over choreographed. I think it's the best way to say it. Yeah. Where it's like swing, and this person's going to block in this way, and then he's gonna like. It feels like it was very choreographed, and like if they like had the true sound that was happening during these scenes you would hear someone and one and two and three and four in the background because it seems like it was like this very planned out plotted out the way that they move and it doesn't feel like natural like you would see and like and then one thing is like with the fighting in cowboy people it was all smooth and almost like dance based the way that they move yeah and so when they're oh, kind of doing it and they seem very stiff because they're not doing that same like like spike is extremely light on his toes in the anime and it's i mean john joe's human he can't be that light on his toes like an anime character and so like it's fine yeah it's like i that's a con that i understand but it does seem over choreographed yeah. a little bit too too john wick a little stiffer than john wick yeah um yeah. but the other thing that's good other thing that's good music still fucking fly yeah so still a very good sound they brought they brought back the original composer for this because clearly well they shortened it but at the same time made the episodes longer <laughs> it was a very weird choice on that front uh they brought back the same composer to flesh out some of the music and the music is great yeah still just as just as like pumping and unique as the original soundtrack which is yeah yeah everything it's pretty it's pretty spot on the soundtrack and it's like and they've done it to the point where they did in the show where like a lot of the soundtrack matches the feel of the scene where it was like we get a lot of like upbeat like driving jazz music during fight scenes or chase scenes and stuff like that or we'll get like more during like a scene of contemplation we'll get like you know a very very light song and like very minimalistic song and they, they did they did a very good job placing not only creating a good soundtrack but placing it within the show mm-hmm. and um except for that except for that one intro sequence where they went and played this parts of the song and then played the song again and we went what just happened? Um, yeah, <laughs> that was bad. I, I will say they do that on almost every episode now. Oh, where they'll God. they'll play a bit of like the like further into the intro song and then cut it back into the stuff. The reason I noticed it so much on that one episode is they started from the saxophone solo that's more than halfway through the song and then they started the song over and it's like what? It must be because they expect people to skip the intro, but because it's netflix but the fact is is that most of us 
who have watched it aren't going to skip the intro because we love the intro. Yeah, yeah, because... It's one of the best intros ever. Yeah, and I mean, like, in the intro, not only the intro song, but the intro visuals are, like, spot on. And it's, like, almost an exact spot-for-spot remake of the actual... Um, Cowboy Bebop um, intro, and that that was that's that was yeah. cool to see them do that. It was cool to see them be like, "Hey, look at this. We're just going to update it and like put it into a live action thing, but we're going to stay true." And that like got my hopes up that they were going to really, really do a good job with this. And again, I have very mixed feelings, but we'll probably see more of that in the con section. And the last thing, part of that drawing comparison between the two again, yeah. Yeah, and they kind of force you to look at both of them. But again, it doesn't really matter yeah. if you're someone who's new to the show because you wouldn't have known these things. But for everybody who's... like, I feel like the target audience of this wasn't people who would be like looking at the shows like, oh, I'm going to watch this for the first time. It was the target audience was the nostalgia grab. So a lot of people who are coming back to this after yeah. so many years. And if it doesn't... if, if it, it, it if it doesn't work the way it did, it's going to like upset a lot of people. And I think that they were kind of playing, they played too hard on like creating nostalgia and had the opposite effect instead of like drawing fans in and be like, okay, yeah, look how faithful they were. They're like, yeah, look how faithful you were at points. And then look how much you changed everything else. Yeah. They drew everybody in for the comparison of being like, Oh, it does look super similar. Oh, I want that because I love that. And then was like, Hmm. And then th- and I think that's like one of the things having the biggest effect on my opinion of the show is that it's, it's, it's not a copy. It's adjacent. And it's like adjacent in a way that I didn't like, like it's running next to my idea of what the show should be as being like this kind of like, um, all those memes is like, oh yeah, we have Blink at home, and then you get home, and it shows like, like oh, this completely off-brand product. Yeah. Like I, I, I was a kid who grew up with like off-brand products, so we didn't have Pop Tarts, we had toaster tarts and stuff. So, like yeah, so so like Cowboy Bebop feels like the toaster tart of um the sorry <laughs> Cowboy Bebop live action feels like the toaster tart Cowboy Bebop, like 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 where where it's close. But it doesn't taste the same. The packaging sucks. Like, the feel of it sucks. But, like, it is a Pop-Tart. It's just not the Pop-Tart yeah. you want it. And I think we'll, we'll finish up the pros section or before I get into, like, in some ways, there's other things that, for me, it was, like, I tried to not, I tried to not do that comparison. Like, I tried, like, and there, but, yeah. But we'll finish up this section and then. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think that is like a thing that you can and should do, especially when approaching these things. But for me, it's very hard not to because these are things that oh, live yeah. in my life and in my brain like constantly. I, yeah, like I do an anime show. I talk like Cowboy Bebop comes up on We Belong pretty much every other week. And so, yeah, and it's I don't... hard. <laughs> I don't think, yeah, I don't think that's a bad thing. I just tried to do it so that we had that perspective of of me trying to be like, okay, if I went into this thinking that if I'm somebody who hasn't seen Cowboy Bebop and trying to separate it because I have this whole history with Harry Potter doing the same True. thing of where I didn't watch the fourth film because I hated the third film so bad, so much because it went so different than the book and that was my favorite book. So it took me a long time to be able to watch any of the other Harry Potter films because I couldn't separate 
the books from the movies until a long time later. And it's the same thing, like, I've gotten better at doing that with, like, Howl's Moving Castle. I had to separate those two. Like, there are certain things where I've gone in and I've been like, okay, I need to separate the two so that I don't go in being like, this isn't the original. And so I try and do that now because, because of Harry Potter and just to see, does it still hold up? Yeah. And as we'll discuss after this last point, many ways it doesn't. There are other, there are other problems. Yeah. Outside of the comparison point, which it's their fault for trying to make us compare. They did. They, they hit that really fucking hard, but, uh, there are other problems outside of that. But yeah, yeah I mean, and, and I'm going to, like, when we get to the cons part, I'm going to dig my heels in a little bit on it. And I, I'm sorry. Yeah. I know, like Leah uh. and like the offspring said, you've got to keep them separated. But it's almost impossible for me to do that. But the, the last pro, I I think, and there, there, there is, since you actually did watch um, the um, episode three, I will say something about diversity. Yeah. But... The pro I had, diversity in the show is great. They there is a lot of like even even so first the very basis I'll talk about with diversity, the extras. If you look around, it's not an all white background. There are yep. very diverse extras in it. And I think that is something that you don't see, especially when talking about diversity in shows, is you don't see the extras being diverse. Well, you'll get some of the syndicate thugs being a all colors, all race, all that's it's great. It's great to look in the back of the crowd and see all different faces. And it's not just white. Oh yeah. And it's not just like, oh, when we have like a thug scene, it's not like all black guys, and we have like in a city, it's not all white guys. We see everybody sprinkled throughout, and I think that's fantastic. It's kind of following along what the original did, where it's just like these are we're way past the time of earth everybody's spread out so there's no like country limits so these are just people who live in this world and i love the way that they did it's, it with the extras and it's even more so than the show because in the asthma fight scene in the bar which people know it's in the first episode type thing in the original show all the guys he's fight are are men he's fighting only yes. men in the show there is a woman fuck as well there's a female fuck as well, which I was like, oh, I didn't realize that until he's like pushing the person back with their gun. And I was like, oh, that's a woman. Yeah. He's, he's fighting and, a woman there too. Even, so. Yeah, yeah. And that's another thing. It's like even with um all the different thugs and syndicate or all the other episodes where there's thugs in it, there are female thugs too. And I think, I guess my brain kind of just like paved over that because like, yeah, you really don't see many female thugs well, in these like types of situations <laughs> particularly too if you have female extras they won't be the fighting yeah, extras. yeah so that's often what happens is they don't show the women fighting they'll show men fighting men they often won't show men fighting women because it's just like that's not what you do women don't fight on the front lines that that whole mentality thing it's just you see that less frequently and so i was like i was happy to see that because it's like that's way better. That's that's how you should do it. Yeah. It's um So so yeah, so diversity in extras, I think that's amazing. And then diversity in main cast is there as well. It's not just an extra thing where like I mean it to me it makes sense, but yeah, many people use this language to describe it. They made Jet Black, which sorry, they made Jet the character kind of black, not 
Jet Black, which is actually his name, which like, name. which like in the show, like he he's an ambiguous race, but like in um live action, he's a black man, and like I think it fits perfectly. So we have a black yeah. black man is is lead is lead cast. We have black females in lead cast. We have Asian um men and f- women in um lead cast. And it's just and it's all over the place with diversity, and it's not just stock standard white and it there was a possibility where that could have been a thing when they remade the show they could have just made everybody stock standard white but they did a very good job at not keeping it just white and i like how um even when it comes to like um the character grin grin is played by a non-binary actor and i i think that was fantastic and just they, they, they they just did a good job with making it diverse and making at least to me making feel natural like the original yeah. show was because again these are just oh yeah people. it's not country limits not whatever these are people who all live in space and we're past times when like segregation we're like everybody's just peppered throughout and i like that. yeah and i just happen to say jet was one of my jet still is probably one of the better characters in the yeah. show in general and i saw no problem with making him black yeah that actually fit in with how the show is, I think I always saw him as being at least. Oh, he's rude. coated black, and yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like Piccolo. So. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, I, and and so those are those are pros where it's just like a lot of um diversity, graphically spot on, intro and music are amazing. But I, I guess, like I said, here here come the cons. I'm gonna dig my heels in just a little bit and just like. Can I do one more pro that I kind of liked from the three episodes I had? Um, so I've only seen three episodes so far, but there are some times where the the like repartee between where they hit hit that where they hit that like the witty back and forth between Jet and Spike that I think is kind of of the show that there are good moments like that where you feel that and I I liked that where but it's not all yeah. the time. So it's less, it's, it's like, it's a pro because it's like, oh, that feels, that feels like good for the show, but it doesn't happen all the time. Yeah. It's, it's one of those where it's like, I, that, that's where I get mixed feelings because there's times when that dialogue back and forth is very good and very cool. And then there's other times when it falls short and you can tell that they're just trying to make jokes and trying to make it funny. Ha ha. Look at this like weird quirky show. And that's where it falls short for me so on the con list i put um the dialogues and some of the jokes are pretty bad um yeah there and this 100%. will go back before my um another con i have later but like there's also way too much sexual sexual stuff and like sexualization and like sex jokes and sex comments in there where that wasn't really in the um original and it's like i have no issue with it but it feels out of place at times and there's like like that's like part of the joking that they do where they like throw in a lot of these sex jokes where it's just like oh was this necessary like in the episode i recently watched like there was um, a comment where like a character says that Faye is pretty loose down there if you know what i'm saying and then she looks and says oh no i'm tight as a drum and that like seems extremely unnecessary and there's like there's also well there and that's Another thing, speaking of Faye, like in the dialogue, like they're like, oh, hey, she she is a character who's like 
strong and holds her own and all this and it's like and in the show it's kind of like fires back and sassy and the way that they showed it in this live action is that she just says fuck and dick a lot and makes a lot of sex jokes too and the, and that felt out of place and against character because it didn't feel like they were coming from the same place when they were making some of the witty banter yeah. especially when it comes to Faye. Yeah, even in episode three, that whole, there's like this whole exchange between Jet and Woodstock, where she's like, well, yeah. you don't have to give me money, You let's just have dinner instead, and then they make a joke about his, him having a black dick, and you're just like... Yeah, yeah, that, that whole okay? back and forth when she said something about like, um, oh, is it, he says, "Is it, are you blackmailing me, and she says something that's like, um, you're 100% yeah, black you're and black male, and, yeah, and this is like... No, yeah. that did like we. I but, laugh at it now because in hindsight, it's like thinking that they would put a line like that in any TV show is kind of funny. But like, it doesn't fit. It wasn't funny. No, it was just like one. I was like, Ugh. also, like Jet also looked uncomfortable. Like that entire scene. Like, like Spike's like, and 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 Jet kind of looks like. Can, he's, can I say? Can I say like, something really quick about what you just said? I don't think yeah. Jet looked uncomfortable. I think the actor looked uncomfortable. I think <laughs> I think he was like but I don't like, really yeah. want to have this whole scene in here. It's like it, that's what it felt like where yeah. he he himself during that whole scene looked like he wasn't having a good time. Yeah. Yeah. It was But yeah, but there's a lot of that dialogue stuff and like it's they kind of I think it might be kind of like the Marvel thing because Marvel also does that where like a lot of their comments and stuff between is like all this witty banter and they do clip after clip after clip and like they kind of come to this show doing that same type of thing and that's where it's like really really frustrating to me because it's like you you don't <laughs> Let's have you don't have to go <laughs> as far as they were with this and the, yeah the, the cupcake line do, didn't make sense <laughs> it's a lot of stuff what? that just doesn't make sense and it's just there to be like a click oh look how quirky this show is and that's not what cowboy bebop really was and that's like it's like okay or in the original, like it's like yeah. So basically, in the first episode, there's a, there's a scene which they almost shot almost. for shot did the scene exactly like the original anime, but then they added in this line of the guy saying, "Okay, show me that the stuff is real, and then we'll have cupcakes." And the and the and Asimov goes, "What? Everybody cupcakes? likes cupcakes. And he's like, who doesn't like cupcakes? Like it's what? It's just." <laughs> so out of place and like one of the articles that i read about this is like tonally they don't know what they're doing and that is exactly that was like some of the dialogue and some of the jokes that they do it's like tonally they don't know where they're supposed to be it's like it's like yeah. are you supposed yeah. to be a funny quirky show or are you supposed to be super serious and it, it's just not it's just not doing it for me yeah i think i think the next the next con is one that i uh, even having only seen three episodes, I read reviews and was confirmed that it's the exact same as what I thought, which is that for me, so the whole point, how how the original is structured is there are short episodes and the major part of the episodes are these like fun bounties that they're going to go chase. And in the background, so that's the foreground, and in the background running throughout it is Spike's past, as Jordan said earlier, right? This show puts Spike's past and is like, here you go from the get-go. Here it is. Here's his past. And both Jordan and I went, what? They, 
And that's the What's thing. They front here? loaded it into the front episode. They front loaded a lot of stuff into the front episode. First episode, where like we see major pieces of his um past in the very first episode. Which as well, the first episode, I have problems with the first episode because one, it's too Six long. Months. It feels Six. too long. And it feels like a pilot. It doesn't feel like it connects to the rest of it. It feels like a yeah. pilot. Which I'm like, why does it feel like a pilot? You shouldn't have to do this. It's a show. Like, it's designed to be a Netflix show. Why do they have to pilot it like this? Like, this is stupid. Um, and that's why it's it's the opposite of Wheel of Time, where they know that they'll have the other episodes. And so they set the for you. They use the first one to set up characters yeah. and to set up the rest of the story. That's not what they did in this. They threw literally everything at it. And they foregrounded all the background stuff, which feels awkward. And it feels, so this is that whole thing of, I tried to go in thinking they're different things. But the issue with, I have with this is that it creates really poor story. Like it's, there's nothing between. So the glue that holds those things together in the episodes I've seen the the glue of those chases and those bounties isn't set up there to hold you hold your attention and from what i've seen from the reviews it gets even worse in the last few episodes where it's like there's nothing other than that because that's all you have is that is that back story which is like well you've removed the glue that held together the story so all we have is the story but you've given us the story from the beginning. So it's it's like it's 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 kind of poor writing in that sense where it's like, yeah, they gave us more and they tried to fill it out more and give us more stuff. But that's not what it was about. And and so it makes it clunky and it I'm not invested in it. I'm not invested in it at all. Yeah, it's um. so like in the notes I wrote that it's like it seems forced way too quick and way too much. Like so they put a lot of the backstory into the first episode where you kind of get it and then they like in every every episode they sandwich it in but like what the show the original show did is we see like a flashback here and there but what's mostly the chase stuff and then like i think six or seven episodes in we get like we finally get vicious and like oh this is a thing that spike has this spotted past and yeah and it's Keep yeah. sprinkling. Yeah, so Sprinkle. does that, and then, like, maybe, like, five or six episodes later, there's, like, a big thing with, like, um, Vicious and Spike again, and then we don't really see it until the end, which, like, I understand Netflix, like, trying, or the writers trying to put, like, more in, so, like, there there is a little bit more impact of it, but they're putting too much in, and like it's taking away from the other thing and i think that's also the issue with having hour-long episodes is that you need to fill in gaps so rather than doing like a fun chase episode and then the next episode or maybe like a part of the next episode is some backstory stuff or a flashback and things like that like they're just shoving it all into like each episode and that that gets too much and they're like they're putting too much of the personal past like they they handle like a lot of jet stuff like right up top and yeah i was confused i was confused why he was already in a conflict with vicious in episode three i was like what the fuck's happening i i wasn't ready for that like i as a viewer 
I wasn't ready for that. I was like, I, I feel like I don't know enough still to know why this is happening. Yeah, well, it, it, hap- it happens like in almost every single episode where there's a lot, like a lot of vicious stuff, which like vicious to me. And I liked the way that they did in original was he was just like this background thing that just keeps chase catching up and Pounding like forward. chasing yes. him and like finding him where spike is trying to live his normal life and live like do his bounty other thing and it's this thing that just keeps coming back to get him and vicious appears in moments out of the blue where like they weren't supposed to be crossing paths and suddenly they are and that 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 yeah to me is done so much better than like having it going this storyline vicious like actually actively like finding out about spike and all this stuff going right next tension. so it builds tension like when is vicious going to show up next and what is going to happen to our main character not like vicious is always there and we're clearly going to see him show up in the last two episodes if they did like yeah. a scene or two yeah. of vicious and then suddenly this whole thing catches up with spike in the last two episodes it's like oh my god this has been going on behind the scenes this all that, that, that would be cool but yeah. that's not we're seeing it parallel cool. the entire time and so so i i guess i'll skip really quick to another point like kind of along with this is like all the story beats are adjacent to the story beats in the original where they're like not the same but they're like at they're expanding but they're not the same types of story beats and it's kind of like cheapening the story as a whole so we get where it's like yeah. this whole thing with jet with his daughter is kind of dumb none of that was in the original story and it kind of just it feels cheap to me the stuff with jet and his daughter yeah yeah because i feel like they were trying so i think that's another thing that i have issues with too is that it's that whole thing where they're trying to with new watchers they're trying to make people feel the connections to the characters more but the problem is is that they've removed the things that made me feel invested in the characters to begin with i didn't get to fall in love with jet first for his like exasperation with spike and whatever he just felt like he was annoyed with him and then they introduced this daughter thing which didn't feel as deep also they removed the connection between spike and and jet for knowing about yeah 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 they, past, they made it that which... jet does not know about spike being part of the syndicate which he knew in the original and like that they that was something when vicious did come up it's like okay well now i have to help my dumb friend who got himself wrapped up in this again and like yeah and you know that they're going to use the fact that jet doesn't know to be like a falling out moment where the characters all split up but then they get back together at the end it helps like in every other thing and it just feels cheap that wasn't that wasn't part of it it was the fact that these two guys have been friends for years because i think at a point that jet was even even chased spike when he was part of the syndicate i think that's that was their like original connection if i remember remember something it was it was like a one-liner in the original that i don't really remember but anyways but but they were friends for years and now it's like oh yeah they've only known each other for three years and he's still finding out new things about Spike and this is like what okay it's, it's, it just it, doesn't it feels make any cheap. sense it feels like a like, cheap way to it, introduce us to the characters rather than having the connection already be there yeah it's like they're trying to do yes. origin stories yes. <laughs> it's like they're trying to do what Marvel is origin stories but that's not the point of the show the point of this show is, hey, hey, like Shang Chi, it's that the back, the the past is coming. Like the original was that the past is coming back to haunt you. So they've taken a bit of that, 
they've taken some of that, but then they're trying to do an origin story instead. So that's what I'm saying is that for me, while I like some of the points and stuff like that, I like some of the beats, I'm trying to view them as they're okay, they're making changes. It's just story wise doesn't blend well. They've taken characterization out, tried to put new stuff back in, and it's just leading to this like mishmash of things that like, I have friends who are going to watch it and I'm going to ask them their opinions because they haven't seen, one of them hasn't seen the original and I'm going to be like, are you going to like it? I don't think you will because it, it'll look, one, it'll look ridiculous because we know that it, we've already talked about those ridiculous aspects of it, but I don't think that will land well with the fact that the story isn't well no. written. And that's another thing is they've, they've put too much on the serious parts of the show. And I know I did say, that, oh, the dialogue is off. But, like, the way that they're doing it, where they they have too much of the, like, Julia stuff in the show. And it's not, it doesn't come off as mysterious. None of it comes off as mysterious. Yeah. To me, it comes off as typical. These are typical story beats you would yeah. see in a typical Netflix show. And that's not how original Cowboy Bebop was. Like, it's fine and it's cool and interesting to see what they're doing with it. But I don't think what they're doing with it is good yeah they threw the his the flashback with her in like four times in the first two episodes like the first episode had it three times repeated and i was like jesus christ throw this down our throats why don't you like it was it's much more interesting to have the character tease than to be like hey he had sex with this person and then you find out that this person's married to vicious married to vicious is like the other thing that just blows my mind they they married her to vicious yikes yeah that was which which again typical netflix drama it comes off as typical writing of today's day and age rather than like follow like how did they go so far off the point when the original is sitting right there? They don't have to copy pay, copy and paste the whole story into it, but they, they're like doing making choices that cheapen it. They've half-assed on both different directions because I would have accepted, I'm going to be honest, I'm probably one of the few people who we know who would have accepted if they had done something completely different. I wouldn't have minded that done a different story with these people potentially something like that made it and then come back and then whatever but they didn't do that they lured us in with the fact that they're like it's gonna be the same it's gonna be the same we're telling you it's gonna be the same and then gave us something that's wishy-washy so it's just unfortunate because we all went in really wanting to like this and hoping and now I'm worried about friends who are going to see it because I've been trying to, I've been super excited about this for months and now they're going to see it and think it's crap. And I want them instead to watch the original, but do I think I'm they're going to want to watch the original after, after seeing this mess? No. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the thing because like, it, this is the same thing that happened with me and some friends is I went and saw a ghost in the shell with them and they're like, wow, that sucked. And I'm like, well, we could like watch parts of the original and like watch the original movie and you can see like where, where it comes from. And then we never ended up doing that because, well, A, not great friends, but because of um, the fact that the original, like the movie that they saw left such a bad taste in everybody's mouth. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. And, and so like the last con that I have, and I mean, Leah, I don't, I mean, you've seen this, but 
you'll you'll get more of it as it comes especially with Faye. but the characters come off as caricatures of themselves come off as like like someone watched the show and was like oh this is what i think they should be and not really kind of understanding what they should be and so like the thing that i kind of hate is how they always joke about killing someone like oh should i just kill him type thing it's like that wasn't again wasn't really the point of the original where it wasn't like a joke of oh yeah i'm just gonna shoot this person or oh like in the episode that you're about to watch they kind of do that with Faye, but it was in the trailer so i'm just saying not a spoiler but it's like oh yeah i just want to shoot her right now it was just like that wasn't really their personality of like they're kind of making them come off as just like blatant murderers which it's funny it's funny because now you say that it's making me think about the fact that we're talking about western tropes they are using the western this modus of the western the like the spaghetti western and well that makes me feel oh i'm just saying what? it makes me feel a little bit better if you say oh they're using that type of thing from a spaghetti western oh they're not no oh. no no. i'm saying that i'm saying that oh, they, they get, get that wrong. wrong okay which is that so most westerns you don't have like yeah there's the bandits who are straight up killers but most of your western people well they get involved in gunfights and shit like that aren't usually just merciless killers that's actually more a modern like john wick type thing a storyline now where people have no qualms yeah. about killing someone often in westerns people have huge qualms about killing people and that it becomes like a plot point in like that like you have these broken characters who who have killed someone or something like that where it's that that's wrecked them and like yeah the thing I think that's the problem I'm th I'm thinking of is that many westerns, yes, they do get involved in gunfights and a lot of people die, but you don't see people happy after a town's been shot up. You see people distressed and destroyed, and that's like what ends up happening in most of these things. It'll end with that, and then every everything's not so happy at the end. It's that western yeah, tragedy. But that's it's not that's meant not to the be case happy. here. It's meant to at be a point all, of conflict. Where it's just like, and they're yeah. like making jokes like solidly making jokes about oh yeah we'll just shoot this guy in the head or oh yeah it's like oh don't shoot that guy in the face ah oh, you immediately shot that guy in the face and it's like jet was an ex-cop i don't think he'd be so quick to just be a blatant murderer and spike while being yeah. a syndicate he wasn't someone who would like go out of his way to like there's a scene i think it's one of the episodes we watched together where he fights a um assassin in the bathroom and then like the assassin tells him to f off and he um shoots him twice in the head and this is like that wouldn't have been something yeah. that happened in the original cowboy bebop where he just shoots him twice in the head because no. he says fuck you yeah that's not that's not how no, that, no he, that's he not probably would have kicked works. him and knocked him out and then walked away at the very most but he wouldn't have just shot him in the face like it, it, it it's yep. and it's like how are in later scenes like there's going to be the impact of like certain characters dying or certain characters like having hard times when our main characters are so like what like just flippant with other people's lives it's yeah there's it's it feels more like modern movies where it's cheapening people's dying it's cheapening death to just be something that happens which is something that yeah is from that like modern action film instead of the western film yeah, it's like yeah, it's it, it's just it, 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 it's a lot, and it, like, and it makes me it makes me feel bad because you're gonna like did I oh okay I did leave the note in where it's like it it does leave me wondering 
when I'm like watching this, if I didn't know about the original, if I just thought this was a fun show on Netflix, would I actually like any of these characters? Yeah. Because I, yeah, I like I, these characters I because I know who they're supposed to be. But do I like these characters based on how they're presented in this story? That's why I am intrigued to see what yeah. my friend thinks. And I will let everybody know when they when I do talk to them about what they do think. Because that is something I am intrigued by. Is what they're going to think yeah. of this. Because unfortunately, I I introduced my prime person for uh, who was who is gonna probably watch this, and I introduced them to the sh- the original like a week and a half ago. So they they're watching the original, so at least they have that. And I'm like, well, at least I introduced them to that beforehand, so they'll be tempted to continue watching the original over this. But yeah, I. It's, and it's the thing where it's like kind of like we've talked about where like they make these live actions because like part of it is like, oh, yeah, the original wasn't accessible. So here's something for everybody. And this seems less for everybody than the original was. Yeah, I think I think at this point, though, like. I don't I don't want to label this no, as no, bad. No, no, no. Like, I don't I would say. For me, it's just an okay. That's that's what I'm saying is I have mixed feelings on it. I have mixed feelings where there are parts that I really enjoyed watching. Where, like, I'll throw it in so many times. It's better than Ghost in the Shell because I've actually... and I don't feel like I'm forcing myself to finish it. I feel like I'm actually interested to a point. I'm interested to see how it goes. Less of Ghost in the Shell where I sat there and was like, I could walk out of this theater and not care. Yeah. I am a little worried that I won't get to the end of it because you know me, I I these days don't have a lot of capacity to like I don't finish things. This is a thing we know about. I mean I, I really want you to so um, because there's some other things that happened later that I really want to follow up on you. Oh, and the thing that I mentioned I really quick, we can close out saying, but I mentioned for episode three that kind of cheapened part of the diversity to me is that that one character being black was just a face changer thing. But the thing was is that if I remember correctly in the original, he had he face had face work, work done and he wasn't. No, black I think with, he was he? dark skinned to begin with i don't think they face changed him to be black i can't remember i'd have to look he, that he up, did he I, had you're probably he right. had plastic I just surgery remember that he had face work done so but i don't think he was just like a white dude at first who then now looks well, he had pla- like in the original that character had plastic surgery and it was a face yeah, change but i don't think it was surgery. a face change to make him black i think he was ambiguous to begin with like he wasn't like black black in the show he was in like dark skinned ambiguous but like mm. i don't know it just that that him being just like a long hair white dude was yeah that was it was weird i mean his name was abdul hakim so just gonna throw that yeah out here. so his alters appearance size posters bigger oh yeah yeah oh yeah they made him taller they altered his appearance but yeah he was black oh yeah so, he was black I yeah so that's that's what like it felt weird that they made this white guy use the face changer to make him black and that was like the diverse that that just felt very cheap to me and I just I didn't like Hakeem Ash especially a dude named Hakeem being a white guy was a little weird for me but whatever yeah that was like a, like a hip yeah, like a hippieish long haired white guy is Hakeem Abdul 
Yeah, I oh, and, and the thing was that like see and I went into that being like, "Oh, I remember that I remember in the show that the person got that the person had um uh surgery, but I couldn't remember if they were originally mm-hmm. white or not. Looking back on it, they're not white. That's a problem. Like cuz I was like, "Oh, at least they didn't do Tropic yeah. Thunder." I mean, at least and... they didn't do Chocolate Thunder. I mean, if the alternative were they could have just Chocolate Cho- Th- Chocolate Thunder. I said Chocolate Thunder. <laughs> Tropic. <laughs> fuck you. Tropic Thunder. Tropic but like, at least they didn't do that, which like is offensive in its own way. But we could talk about Tropic Thunder some other day. We don't have to ever talk yeah. about that. But like, yeah. uh, at least they didn't do that. But they could have just had him like have plastic. Like they didn't even have to do the whole face change thing. He could have just been a black dude who had plastic surgery a la the original. Yeah. Yeah, that's I that's I think that's where I was like, oh, at least it's better. It's not Tropic Thunder. Nope. Oh, you're right. The guy was originally black in the show. That also I I got to say Chocolate Thunder is that the alternative to Chocolate Rain? <laughs> okay, I'm looking at the original. He chocolate is blonde rain. hair. He's dark skin in the original with blonde hair. But but you look at the sign, do you see what it says under race? Also Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right? No, he is black. Yep, yep. I also don't remember that from the scene, but that's obviously has to be the original. Um, yeah. A black person that does not like typical black things. Oh, jeez. That's what that. That's mm. what that means. I'm gonna have to scroll through the original to see if that's actually or if that's like edited. But yeah. yeah I, but I, either I, way. But yeah, he that. was black in the original, just with blonde yeah. hair. And then they changed his hair and they made him a little bit taller, changed his and face structure to like look more typical. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. And he was modeled after the character was supposed to be modeled after. Yeah. A player, so. yeah. Hmm? Um, yeah. So, but yeah. So, one out of two. One out of two ain't bad for this Friday. Yeah, yeah, for Friday's releases, one out of two ain't bad. Which we don't even know the rest of the wheel of time could be shit, but... Uh, but at least the start was good. Yeah. Also, I would be wary, yeah, that... <laughs> just so... That review of wheel of time was so funny to me. They were complaining about all the plot things that are, like... They're, like, they're like Rand acts like a main character, but it's clear that Egwene has more point to play, and it's like, but... 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 <laughs> Maybe with Cowboy, sorry, I'm just looking at this picture. So maybe with Cowboy Bebop, they thought it was less offensive to have him be white doing a face changer than have him be like ambiguous black and then be more black. Maybe. I don't know. Either way, maybe they should have just not done it. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, There's plenty of other, I I mean, but then that was the intro of Ayn. Yeah. I I don't know. (laughs) It was it was weird. It was weird, but yeah, I I I'll give it a solid okay. I would love to know what other people think. Yeah, I I <sighs> want I to finish it, and I mean I know there's a chance that you won't finish it, but I would love if you finished it. If we could talk about it again, like do a follow up, just probably a way shorter episode than this. Would just do a follow up on like how we felt about it, if you want. 
Yeah, it'll probably take me a little bit, but I'll okay. I will get to it. I will do it. I'm just not going to plow through it the same way that I've watched the Wheel of Time two times already yeah. all the way through. Watching so the Wheel of Time two me? times all the way through, you could have watched more Cowboy Bebop. Interesting, interesting, interesting. I, hey, I did watch another yeah, episode. No, I mean, right? I was actually so. surprised and very happy you did because yeah. Anyways, but yeah, I don't. I'm not yeah. saying that it's terrible and i wish it didn't exist but i am saying that there are issues with it and i wish it was better but yes yeah i uh, we all we also realize this is very different than our usual episode because we're talking more about the shows themselves than than actual diversity because actually they did yeah right right i will say that's like the part where it's like these these kids just like you know we'll talk about the actual parts of the show because yeah they're they did fine. I'm happy with it. I'm very happy with it. But hey. There's only one issue, and that's the whole Hakeem thing. And then looking at the original, yeah, the Hakeem thing was a little, eh, in the first place, so, you know. Yeah. But hey, you know, we really wanted to talk about this. So you guys have to listen to what yeah. we really wanted and to I talk about. Th- so think we can just close out because, like, the what we've been watching has been the things we've been talking about. <laughs> so... Yeah, there was. I mean, uh, I can talk about Death Store next time. Like That's one, one of the things thing. I've been doing. Oh yeah, we can yeah. hold those for next yeah. time. That's so yeah, true. let's just hold it on. So, I mean, I think I'm good. So, are you good to close? Okay. Huh? Uh, yeah. Well, thanks guys for listening. It's yeah. been another episode of the Side Characters Podcast. You can check us out at our email, <laughs> sidecharacterspod at gmail.com. Also, because I always forget, and I'm so sorry, Greg, please check out the network that we now belong to, the Educated Mess Network. There will be a link in the episode description. But um, Educated Ness, Ness, Educated Mess Network is a bunch of podcasts about education and just, you know, focusing on specific topics so ours is focusing on um the topic of diversity and then there's everything but murder which is a podcast that focuses specifically on true crime not focused on murder true crime and then they have jack of all trades which is focusing on comic books and things like that but it's just a lot of podcasts like that and then their flagship podcast rumor flies which is like the Mythbusters type of podcast so please check out our um friends over at the educated best network again that will be in the link description and i will probably also put something at the beginning of this episode i apologize greg you're too good to me (laughs) (laughs) we're just here we just hang out we do things Uh, but thank you all for listening and we will talk to you later bye 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 bye